All right. We want to uh, thank everyone for being here today. Thank God for everyone that uh, was able to come. And um, I want to say I'm grateful to the Lord for everyone also that followed this ministry, that uh, watches us online. And uh, sometimes you leave comments, and I'm grateful for your encouraging words and your uh, your prayers and also your offerings as well. Uh, don't take it lightly that um, people um, watch this ministry and that they take the time out to learn from this particular ministry. And uh, we, our prayer is, is that the Lord will continue to speak to you through this ministry and that he will continue to um, um, allow you to grow from what you hear preached here. All right, so now if you have your Bibles, let's go to the uh, 18th chapter of the book of Matthew. chapter the book of Matthew and uh, we're going to start reading at verse 1 it says at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him. Now, what would make his disciples uh, ask him who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, you have to understand to, to know the answer to that. You have to understand that they were not talking about heaven as far as where God abides. They were talking about the kingdom of heaven, in other words, his kingdom. In other words, in this earth, they were talking about in general, everybody understand, that the Lord had his own kingdom here. Even though it wasn't of this world, it was still here. Everybody understand? And so the disciples, when they were asking him that, they were thinking about themselves. It wasn't about, well, who done already made it to heaven, so to speak. Like, is Abraham, is he the greatest? Or is Elijah, is he the greatest? Or are you, are you the greatest? They were speaking about themselves. Like, which one of us do you consider the best here? Everybody understand? So you have to understand that the mindset that they had and the reason why they were asking him that says, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Verse 2, and Jesus called a little child unto who? Him, everybody see that? <laughs> Let's read that again. And Jesus called who? A little child, where? Unto him. And that's the only way you're going to get close to God. Those are the people who God calls. Little children. Everybody understand? Unto him and set him where? 
In the midst of who? Them. And Jesus called a little child unto who? Him. Then he took that little child and he set him in the midst of who? Because that's the only kind of person God is interested in promoting. That's the only kind of person God is interested in setting among his people to use as an example is little children. Now, we're not talking about babies as not as much of stature as them being three years old as, it, as much as it is the humility. God can use you when you become a little child. He can call you unto him, and then when he get done calling you unto him, then he can take you and set you in the midst of people. See, this is my example. Everybody understand? Verse 3, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Everybody see that? Converted, and become as little children. Now they were asking, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Thinking about themselves. And Jesus is telling them the fact that you're even asking me this question. Look at what he says there. The same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But look at what verse 3 says. Ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, y'all ain't entered there yet. Because you're not like this little boy here. So it ain't a matter of who's the greatest. Everybody understand? It's not a matter of who the greatest is. It's a matter of becoming like this little boy. If you become like him, I'll take you, bring you unto me, and then I'll set you in the middle of people. Everybody understand? That's God's will. He said, other than that, you ain't, that's not a discussion that y'all have to have among yourselves. Because y'all not there yet. You have to become as a little child. You have to be converted and become as a little child. Then I can take you unto me. Everybody understand? And then he goes more into detail in verse 4. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child. So after you have become a little child, and I can take you under me, and then I can set you in the middle of people, then you, you have to humble yourself. If you humble yourself as this little child, then you're the greatest. Now, let's think about this. That little child was brought there some kind of way to hear Jesus preach and talk and teach. He was just sitting in the background, just probably minding his business, Looking at the Lord, not trying to be seen, not trying to be heard. I'm just here because mom and daddy brought me here. He's not thinking about a promotion. He's not thinking about, you know, God calling him out. He's not thinking about, man, I'm a little child. I'm the, that means I'm the greatest. I'm just being who I am, a little child. Just unaware of all the dangers around me or anything like that. I'm just here. I'm glad to be here. 
And then out of nowhere, God calls him to himself. Everybody understand? Why? Because he was just being who he was, a little child. Just unassuming. Everybody understand? Just as humble as he wanted to be, not thinking about promotions, not thinking about, you know, when Jesus dies, I'm going to take over. You know, not thinking about any of that. Not thinking about who's going to sit on his right hand and on the left. He's not thinking about any of that. I'm just here, just glad to be in your presence. I've heard a lot about you. Can't wait to hear you preach in person. That's all. Just on, just an unassuming little child just sitting there. And because of that, the Lord called him out, called him to himself. And that's what the Lord will do. All you have to do is be willing to go. When you're humble and you become as a little child, just wait. The Lord will call you to himself, and he'll set you in the midst of people. Everybody understand? When we become children, that's when he can use us. He can, you know, for a good example, I'll put it that way. <laughs> so he says, whoso therefore shall humble himself. Everybody see that? Now, humility is not something that's automatic. Everywhere you see that word talking about us, it, it's telling us to humble ourselves. The, in other words, that takes an effort. That's not just something that we can just pray for and God just drop it on top of us. We have to humble ourselves. And the way we humble ourselves is we have to look at areas that we have pride in. Those areas that make us snicker on the inside. Those areas where we think we're better than somebody, we, we look at those areas and we purposely combat those areas. He says, so whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child. Everybody see that? The same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So you see the humility of this child. The Lord told him to come here. He didn't know what God was calling him for. He didn't have to ask the Lord, what? I heard about you. You like calling people out and telling them they sin and, you know, cutting up with folks. Yeah, you're a real prophet, but you, you know, you get off the chain sometimes. You call people devils and hypocrites. I'm not coming to you. The Lord didn't have to say it twice either. Come here. Come here. Come here. One, two, three. I'm giving you the count of five. Four, five. Okay, you got to 20. Six. It wasn't none of that. Just come here. He called that child. That child came. Everybody understand? Now that shows us <laughs> what humility is. I hear something one time. I'm going to do it. God don't have to keep preaching on it week after week, month after month, year after year, and we keep going back and back and back. I, I hear it one time, Lord. You were talking to me the first time. I heard you. I'm going to do it. He said, that child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. When you humble yourself like this little child, what, how, how is he humble? You told something one time, that settles it. Don't have to keep talking to me about the same thing over and over again. Everybody understand? 
So when we talk about children, humbling ourselves as children, if I ask you all what your name is, you're going to be able to tell me what your name is. You know, something happens in the, in the nature of people. Now, you know, I don't like talking about it, but I have to speak on it from this standpoint because that's what come to me to speak on it from. When I, when I, first, when I first got married, I was 20 years old. And when I started dating, I guess I was around 16, something like that. You know, having my first real girlfriend, I guess you could say. And what I noticed as I went throughout the years and, you know, divorce and then, you know, dating again and things like that, what I noticed was that the older a woman got, the more hardened she got. And what, I'm, what I mean when I say hardened, I mean more set in her ways. The older she got, the more set in her ways she got. It's like she was a little bit more difficult to deal with if she wasn't living for the Lord. And so if I ask you now what your name is as a 25-year-old, as a 30-year-old, you're going to tell me what your name is. But if I say, no, that's not the name the Lord wants you to have. This is supposed to be your name. Your mom and daddy didn't pray about it, and, and this is supposed to be your name. Uh, some of you might have an issue with that. You'd be thinking, well, no, because that's going to require too much work. I already got credit cards and homes in my name. You know, my lease says this. I don't feel like going through all those changes. You got to go through it, through the courts to change your birth certificate, your name on your birth certificate, and then you got to take that to the Social Security office and get the name changed on that. And then you have to take that to the DMV and get your driver's license changed. And then you got to go through all everybody that you got a contract with, you know, credit card companies and landlords and banks and all of that. You got that's no, that's too much work. I'll stick with my birth name. So when the Lord says, humble yourself as this little child, he's talking about like Abraham, who in his 80s had his name changed and did not complain about DMVs and how long the wait is there. He didn't think, well, you know what? You are, I'm going to honor my, my daddy named me Abram, and that's what I want to continue to be called. No, okay, I'll take that, Abraham. That makes sense. That's all. Everybody understand? So you think about a little child, they accepted what you called, what you called them by. They accepted that. You didn't have to fight with them. They didn't. How many of your children asked you, let me see my birth certificate to make sure you ain't lying to me? Let me go back and look in this to make sure you're not lying. That child, how many of you had to argue with your child about what their name was? Everybody understand? And you can change that name. You could tell them, okay, Joshua, your name is no longer Joshua, it's John. That's what I want you to answer to. They might be a teenager and they might accept it. But the older we get, the more we get settled in this world. Teenagers don't have contracts with companies. 
They really might not mind the wait at the DMV or anything like that. They just humble. Okay, well, if that's what you want to go with, that's fine with me. <clears throat> and so what I'm showing you is the older we get, especially the longer somebody think they've been in God's word, the more difficult they can become if they're not humble. It's rarely people now watch God's, you know, God's preachers with the idea of actually learning from them. In their minds, I already know this. We've been talking about this for so long. God ain't never had me preach the same thing over. Never had me preach the same thing. You're going to hear something different every time. But humility don't see that. You see, when people lack humility, they don't see that. They think, oh, okay, 18 chapters, okay, I already know where we're going. And the dangerous thing about that is when you think you already know where we're going, you, you tend to shut down because you've heard it before. Not little children, you see. And it's important, no matter how old we are, that we remain as little children. In fact, and, and, and I'm saying with humility, we should be humble just like little children are humble. That don't mean we're not supposed to grow into adulthood as, as we grow in Christ, but we should also remain, keep that humility where we can be taught. And that's what we're talking about today, and that's something that the Lord wants us to ask ourselves. Am I teachable? Am I teachable? Can I hear something and accept it? Or do I have to go back and read over stuff all over again? You know, I, I say this, and I, I, I mean it when I say it, God's preachers don't get off the track when it comes to his word or when it, and things like that. Everybody understand? They don't. So me personally, you know, you've heard me say this before. When, I, when the Lord had me under a preacher, a brother, somebody like Brother Junior, I didn't go back and check on what he was saying. I didn't have to. I, because I know God don't make mistakes. God's not going to tell you, you be under this preacher, but you better, you know, you better check on what he's saying. The Bible don't give the laity that kind of leeway. Everybody understand? He told his preachers, if they reject you, they reject me. So how, does, how do you put that scripture in with, you know, something like, well, you know, we're supposed to go back and check on what the preacher's saying. And it's not that I, you know, it bothers me that people check. But what I'm saying is that means you're not teachable. How many of you ever went to a classroom, to a class in, when you were in school, middle school, high school, and you, you were in the ninth grade and your teacher taught you algebra? And then you went to your 11th grade teacher that taught algebra too and said, is what she's saying right? You're not going to know which one is lying. Because what do you know? You don't, you, if, you, if you knew algebra like that, you wouldn't have to be in the algebra class. You got to accept something somewhere. So you don't go to your algebra 2 teacher to check and see if your algebra 1 teacher is lying to you. 
They could both be lying. You don't get through this world, through this life, you're going to have to learn to trust somebody. Everybody understand? Because they can see, when you're questionable like that, I've, I've seen where it goes. People get to questioning. I don't know about this. And before you know it, you're not glued anywhere. You're not, you're not stable anywhere. It's all a lie. His name ain't Jesus. That was the, that was a satanic name. Everybody understand? Christianity, that's a pagan religion. We're not supposed to be called Christians. Everybody understand? You'll move right out of following God into some foolishness way out in left field somewhere. And then, and, and, and then you're moving into where all God. God, lived, God is on the inside of me, and that makes me God. That's what, how many of you have seen people go that? That's where it goes when you can't be grounded somewhere. You make your own rules when you don't follow rules. When, when you don't trust what's just written, well, the white man wrote this. So what do you, so who wrote what you believe in? Everybody understand? <laughs> you be, stay away from them people, because they all over the place. And they'll have you questioning everything. Is this microphone real? Just because you can touch it and talk into it, that don't make it real. That's just a figment of your imagination. Everybody understand? Marriage ain't real. I'm telling you, I've ran into those people. I ain't got to go through the course to get the... I had a brother approach me with that. I ain't following man's law. I ain't got to get divorced. I can go out and get, get somebody else, and I ain't got to get divorced because, you know, legally, we're not under God. We're not under the law. We're under God. Where did that marriage stuff start at anyway? Who said you had to go? Okay, so, sir, if you filed your marriage license with the court, If you were stupid enough to file it, file it with them in your brain, then you better be stupid enough to go through and get your divorce if that's what you feel led to do. Because you'll be that individual when they're arresting you <laughs> for bigotry, for polygamy. I ain't nothing to know. Take these cuffs off of me. Are they real? Yeah, it's real. That jail is real. Everybody understand? <laughs> How many of you remember the young lady that was shot and killed up in, in the Northeast because she didn't want to follow? She was a part of some group that didn't, they didn't follow man's rules. We can be out here driving without a license. We, who are y'all to tell us we have to have a license to drive on these roads? And when they came to arrest her, they, they, you know, she resisted and they shot and killed her. This is what happens when you move away from the only stability that you have. This Bible, God's word, that's the only stability that you have. Other than that, if think about it, if God framed this whole world with words, if you move away from that, you won't believe what you see. You won't believe the, even the creation. It'll all just be up in the air. And, that's, and, and, they, and, and those are the type of people that get a new revelation every day.
we need to be rooted and grounded in this word. That's our only stability. That's, to me, that's what keeps us grounded on this earth. Everybody understand? That's what gives us gravity is God's word. You stay away from them people. They're they questioning everything. Everything, you know, it's all, a, it's all a big scam and scheme. God isn't. Everybody understand? God isn't. He's real. You see? And so this is what I'm saying. When people move away from, if God tells you, now here's what I believe. I believe that if you're going to be attached to a preacher, it ought to be because God sent you there. And you believe in your heart that God sent you there. So if I ask you all, did God send you here? You're going to say, yes, I believe God sent me here. Most of the people that watch me on YouTube, they say the same thing. I, I believe that God sent me here. So then you have to know the sovereignty of God. If God sent you here, then you know God don't make mistakes. God's not going to send you somewhere and then get you to question what, where he sent you. He's not going to tell you, listen to this preacher, and then get you to question and doubt every, whatever the preacher may say. So uh, what I'm showing you is this. When there's doubt there, when you question God, because that's what you're really doing, you're not humble like a little child. Everybody understand? And that's what enters into the kingdom of heaven, little children. Except we be converted and become as little children. That means we're not questioning everything. I'm telling you, we have, we're not going to go through this word. Let's think about this. If we question algebra and algebra 2 and geometry, what math system are you working out of? You, it's like you have to come up with your own stuff to reject what have already been established. So what does that do for you perpetually? It makes you your own God. I can reject what have already been established, was already meant to have me rooted and grounded. Everybody understand? The whole system is based off of something that have already been established. Does everybody understand? How many of you ever go to the store, when you go to the store, you use uh, money? Or even when you swipe your bank card, you know if you got $1,000 in the bank and you buy something for $5, you ought to have more than $500 left. Now, how many of you know that if you see an error in something, you're going to call your bank? How many of you have ever had to do that? Call your bank like, wait a minute, this ain't adding up. How do you know it's not adding up? Because you're going off of math that you were taught when you were in the first and second grade. Something that was already established. Everybody understand? So if we got that kind of sense <laughs> concerning mammon, what makes us fly off the handle when it comes to God's word? We can't accept that. We can accept one plus one equals two. I know when I've been being cheated financially because this is the mathematical system that I have accepted. But when it comes to God's word, it's all in the air. The white man wrote it. Well, who wrote your math equation, sir?
Everybody understand? <laughs> That's why those type of people, they're not going to be able to stand before God and say, well, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. You knew. But you rejected it. And you took on that delusional spirit. Everybody understand? Let's go look at that real quick. Let's go to the book of, uh, I think it's 2 Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. You see what I mean now when I say we have to be teachable? You know why we stick with the math system that we stuck with, that we were taught? Because we learned it when we were teachable. In the second grade, nobody was arguing and fighting with their teacher about two plus two equals four. Everybody understand? You learned it when you were teachable. That was the purpose of school. We're going to start reading. Um, let's start reading in verse 1. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind. Everybody see that? Or be troubled. We're in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse 2. Or be troubled. Neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Everybody see that? And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Everybody see? So you may say, well, what kind of falling away are you talking about, Brother Bowden? Let's read verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. They're not going to oppose math. They're not going to oppose English. What are they really opposing? Why does it say above all that is called God? He's talking about structure. Authority. They're going to oppose not only God, but just authority. All that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 5, remember ye not that when I was with, yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Verse 8, and then shall that Wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not 
the love of the truth that they might be saved. Notice what it says there. It doesn't say because they, they receive not the truth. Everybody see that? It says they received not the love of the truth. That's a big difference. You know what that means? For you to receive truth the way God wants you to receive it, you have to receive a love for the truth. If I ask most of you in here, what was your favorite class? What was your favorite subject growing up? You could tell me what your favorite subject was when you were in school, junior high and high school. So now let's look at that. Mine was math. So let's think about whatever your favorite subject was, you had, that means that you loved that subject. So let's think about your behavior in that classroom. If you didn't like math, you might have been wishing you were somewhere else. You may have been falling asleep. You the one putting your head on the desk, sitting in the very back of the classroom. Everybody understand? You were the one positioning your desk behind other students so your teacher couldn't see you up front. But when you got to the class that you loved, you weren't interested in sitting in the back. Your teacher was asking you, uh, Johnny, what's one plus one? Me, I want to answer, I want to answer. Whatever your favorite subject was, that's, even to this day, what you will remember the most. If I ask you what certain formulas are in, in algebra and algebra two or calculus, you might not be able to tell me. Even though you may have taken those classes, you were not interested in remembering any of that. But whatever your favorite subject was, whatever subject you loved, you might still remember quite a few things about that particular subject. Why? Because you paid attention and it got in your heart. So now we see what that looks like spiritually. So if you don't receive the love of the truth, then the truth won't stick. Everybody understand? And to me, that is one of the issues that people have with trying to live for God when they go into a ministry that God has sent them to. It don't stick. They can hear a message preached, and then they'll go home, and by, next, and by this time next week, they'll be done forgot what they've heard, or they'll be, dis, be disobeying it. But if you receive the love of the truth, that makes the truth stick. It makes it a part of you. You live it. Some of you may remember advice. Now let's think about this. So not only did you have a favorite subject, you may have had a favorite teacher. That teacher may have given you advice about your personal life that to this day you will remember. And because maybe, and most of the time, those two are linked. You got a favorite subject, and it just so happened that favorite subject is also uh, has your favorite teacher teaching the class. That's what makes it just about your favorite subject. Or that's what makes that person your favorite teacher. And so when that teacher gives you advice, if, your fa if that's your favorite subject, and whoever in high school, the counselors, who, whoever's a, uh, responsible for assigning you your class, 
When they assign you that teacher, you receive from them. You're not going back and checking on what they're saying. You just assume that the counselors know who to assign you as a teacher for, to teach French. You're not going back to them saying, well, you assigned me to the wrong people. You went to whatever class they told you to go to. And when you find out what your favorite subject was or what you really had a liking to, you, you liked the teacher and you liked the subject itself. That's what it looks like spiritually. God assigns us to preachers. That's what we're supposed to stick with. And listen, <laughs> we don't get to pick a favorite subject here. Truth, that's our favorite subject. Everybody understand? Truth is. And so if we have a problem with the truth, then our prayer should be, Lord, give me a love for it. Help me to receive the love of the truth. Help me to love it, not, you know, feel like, well, here we go again, getting beat on by the word, and, you know. Help me, Lord, to receive a love for this truth. That is what helps us to be teachable. Because listen, when you don't receive the love of the truth, you're going to question stuff. You're going to reject what you don't want to hear. Everybody understand? We have to make the truth our favorite subject. And let me make this clear. There's only one spirit of truth. They ain't, they not, you know, it ain't, well, you know, because folks even going to, well, you know, I'm glad, that's your truth. I'm glad that you, you believe your truth. No, it ain't no my truth. There's only one truth. Everything else is a lie. God's word is the truth. Everybody understand? So we have to receive the love of the truth so that we can be saved. That's what this word says. So now let's read the next verse, verse 11. And for this cause, God shall send them what? Strong delusion. Who's going to send it? Shall send them strong delusion. What is the delusion? White man wrote this Bible. King James was gay. Let me just address that for a second. You don't know that. Everybody understand? So, <laughs> I want to just show you just the foolishness, what it looks like to God. How many of you heard that foolishness? King James was gay, so we shouldn't read the King James Version. How do you know? You had to accept it from somewhere. So wouldn't it be just as easy to accept God's word? We accept what we want to accept. You might have read that somewhere, but how you know they weren't lying? Why you accept King James was gay and don't accept for God so loved the world? Everybody understand? Everybody understand? You know to, to reject the truth, you have to first accept a lie. You have to have something to compare something else to. Yeah, I've heard it all. King James was gay, so we shouldn't, you know, the white man wrote the Bible. And... So what, what, what language are you talking to me in? Well, quit talking to me in that, because that's old English. 
If we're going back to Africa, let's go all the way back. <laughs> Everybody understand? Because I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, folks are hypocrites. <laughs> Let's say King James was gay. If you keep reading history, if you'd have kept reading that, reading that article that you were reading about that, you'd have saw he had scribes to translate this Bible. If King James was gay, why did he allow it to be in, why did he allow uh, uh, homosexual scriptures to be put in here where the preachers were preaching against that? He had scribes to translate this into English because he had a whole country that wanted to read the Bible without having to learn another language. Everybody understand? Well, people believe what they want to believe. That's what it boils down to. And they really don't. They haven't received the love of the truth. And they'll accept lies to reject the truth. They'll look for any reason they can to reject the truth. And all the while playing the hypocrite. You say the white man wrote the Bible? Well, the English that you're speaking belongs to Caucasian people. Learn another language. Everybody understand? Because other than that, how we know the words that we're, what we're speaking. How many of you understand what I'm saying? How do you understand what I'm saying? Because you have accepted the king's English. Everybody understand? <laughs> Get out of my face with that foolishness. <laughs> Folks don't know how foolish they look with all that. I'm, you know, I'm glad nobody really approached me with that anymore. That's foolishness. But I want you to see, these type of people, they'll have you all over the place. How many of you seen people do a spacewalk? They out in space and they, you know, they going around. You ever notice what gravity does? It makes you unstable. They got to be tied down somewhere. Everybody understand? They floating around. That's part of their, their training. They have to float around and do stuff. That's what it looks like when folks aren't grounded to God's word. They just all over the place. Gravity, this, this word gives us gravity. We can walk where we want to walk and we can get there in the time that we're supposed to get there. For those of us that would no, never go to space, you just get in water. Get in water that's about three or four feet deep or up to your shoulders and see how it takes your weight away. You're not as grounded. It takes more effort to get from one side of the pool to the other. Why? Because water picks up your weight and it, takes, it basically takes your weight up off of the ground. So you know, if you notice, it's harder to walk. Now let's think about how many of you ever been to a beach and walked on sand. We're not going to even talk about trying to play volleyball on it. You ever notice how it takes, it takes longer? Them calves be wore out by the time you get to your vehicle. <laughs> how many of you notice that? You know why? Because it's shaky. It's not sta as stable. And that's what happens when people aren't attached to the truth. They own sand. 
they wearing their brain out trying to find something else to believe. And God's word get us there in a hurry. Everybody understand? Verse 11 says, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a what? Isn't that something? That's a dangerous place to be in. Not the devil sending you a strong delusion. God sending you a strong delusion so you can believe a lie. Well, let's think about that. What else? Are you, what, when you reject the truth, what else do you have to believe? Verse 12, that they all might be what? Damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in what? Now we see what is at the root of people not accepting the love of the truth because they have pleasure in unrighteousness. Everybody understand? I'm a man sent from God until I touch what, you, what pleases your flesh. I'm a real prophet of God until I touch something that you don't want to let go of. After that, we got to go read the Bible for ourselves. You, I, and I hope you do. Because you're not going to find one thing in here contrary to what is preached from this podium. Everybody understand? Let's read verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of what? The truth. This is Paul talking. And he's trying to get us to see that we have to be teachable. And that teachable means if I'm going to be taught. Now, let me make this clear. God, the Lord said, except we become, be converted and become as this little child. This little child isn't trying to read the Bible for themselves to get some revelation directly from God. This little child accepts I'm a child and it's going to take somebody more older than me to teach me. And that don't necessarily have to be God. God has preachers and teachers and apostles and prophets and evangelists to do the work of the ministry. Everybody understand? But if we're not teachable, we're going to think we have some special connection with God and God is going to step outside of his fivefold ministry just for our hard heartedness. Everybody see. So does everybody understand that? God does not step outside of his fivefold ministry because you're not teachable. Does everybody understand? 
he's not going to do it. If he has pastors and teachers and those five to bring us all into the unity of the faith, he's not going to step outside of those five because you're a renegade. God's got order. And he does not make exceptions for grown folks. Does everybody understand? God is not going to step outside of his word to coddle because you have trust issues, because you're not teachable. One of those offices is a teacher. What is the purpose of a teacher? So why would God set that office up and then come to you personally? Because you, you're not humble enough, because you're too proud to receive from flesh. God does not do that, but I tell you what he will do, exactly what we just read. And God shall send them strong delusion. Everybody see that? He's not going to send his spirit to teach you when you're too hard-headed to receive from a man. But I, he will send you a strong delusion. Everybody understand? Let's go uh, real quick. To the fourth chapter of Second Timothy. Let's actually, we'll start reading at, verse, at, uh, at chapter 3. Chapter 3, we'll start reading at, at uh, verse 12. Everybody there? All right, let's go ahead and start reading. It says, yeah, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, in other words, shall grow worse and worse, or become worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Everybody see that? But continue thou in the things which thou hast what? Continue in what? In what? The things which what? Continue. Everybody see that? In the things which thou hast learned and hast been what? Assured of, knowing of who? Whom thou hast learned them. Who did he learn them from? Paul. He's saying continue in what I have taught you. Not get some revelation outside of that. Continue in what I have taught you. Everybody understand? 
Verse 15, let, let, let's read that carefully. And that from what? A child. Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in who? Christ Jesus. Everybody see that? What is he saying? You started this as a little child. And you're still holding steady on it. You haven't graduated to calling Jesus Yahushua. He's still Jesus. You haven't accepted some lying spirit somewhere. You started off calling him Jesus when you were five. You started off calling yourself a believer and a Christian when you were five. You haven't elevated past that. You're still a Christian. Because you identify with the anointed one. You haven't got some new revelation that that name Christian, we shouldn't be called that. Everybody understand? You, if you stick to what you have learned, knowing who you've learned it from, everybody understand? In other words, just in case the devil come and try to sway you off of this truth, think about me. Think about my character. Think about if you've accepted me as a man of God, that ought to help to stabilize you. Look at who you've learned it from. Everybody understand? Verse 16, all scripture is given. Everybody see that? Some of them? All scripture is given by who? Inspiration of who? No, the white man. You see how you have to reject the Bible, but you going to heaven? All scripture is given by inspiration. Everybody see that? It tells how it was given. The people that penned this were Hebrews. Because they were inspired. Everybody understand? No, God didn't come down and write it. But he inspired some men to write it. Everybody understand? I'm telling you, when you go down that road, it's just a never-ending road. How do you know you exist? You had to trust that your parents tell, told you that. Um, I, you know, I don't believe in parents. I don't believe I exist. Well, stop eating. That'll, that'll happen real quick. Everybody understand? Stop eating then. Stop feeding what don't exist. I'm trying to tell you, it's a never-ending road. Everybody see? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For what? So now it's telling us what the scriptures, what did God give the scriptures for? Everybody see that? And it is profitable for what? Doctrine. You understand what doctrine is? That's your belief system. It is profitable to let us know what we are supposed to believe. God is not willy-nilly all over the place. He has a definite. He is definite. So when I preach something, and if somebody in their heart can say, well, I don't believe that. Well, let's just put the Bible down, because that's what it's there for. It's there to instruct us in what to believe. Everybody see? 
So it's profitable for doctrine. In other words, what we're supposed to believe. And then it says, and for reproof. In other words, if we move away from what the doctrine is, we'll get reproved. Let me reprove this to you. Everybody understand? For correction. Everybody see that? That's talking about my moves, my attitudes, the way I act, the way I respond, all of that. That's talking about my own behavior, not necessarily what I believe, but my own behavior. For instruction in what? Everybody see that? Instruction in righteousness. That means there is a right way to do something. There's a right way to live. And this Bible gives us instructions on how to live. And that's what people don't like. Everybody see that? Let's go and keep reading. That the man of God may be what? Perfect. What he may be? Is God lying here? Thoroughly furnished unto what? All good works. How do we become, how do we get to that point? Perfect. And furnished with all good works? When we accept what God's word says. When we receive the love of the truth. When we are teachable. Chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, Preach the word. Everybody see that? What do you tell them to preach? The word. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and what? Doctrine. Everybody see that? Listen, I don't care what you grew up in. This is what preaching is supposed to sound like. Reproof and rebuke and exhortation with all long suffering. Everybody see that? And doctrine. This is what it sounds like. All other stuff is fake and false. I can't help that there are a million other preachers out there that just want your money and don't care about your soul. They want attendance. They want a big name. They want their own kingdom in this world, which is what a lot of these mega churches are, preachers' own kingdoms. That ain't my business. I'm supposed to preach God's word. Everybody understand? I'm not, it don't tell me to be your cheerleader. Everybody understand? And if I encourage you, I'm going to encourage you in God's word. Everybody understand? Yeah, I, folks had a problem with, when I preached about depression some years ago. Well, you don't understand. You know, that's a, it, it, I understand. And I'm telling you, if you think on these things, like Paul told the Philippian church, you wouldn't get depressed. How many people get depressed thinking on, on lovely things, thinking on pure things? What depresses you? Well, first of all, when I'm self-focused and ain't nobody in this world but me. 
And second of all, when all I can think about is the wrong that I've experienced. To get depressed, you have to disobey God's word. And my encouragement for you is not to go see a doctor and get on his couch and talk his ears off. My encouragement to you is quit talking about all of your problems. Focus on God and his word and his ability to pull you out of that dark space that you've allowed yourself to get into. That's my exhortation for you. But what I find is people don't want help out of nothing. They want to stay where they are. You know why? Because down there in the dumps, they are their own God. You do know that that's what depression is. Is you worshiping self. Now, if you could see the demons that were worshiping you, you'd get out of there real quick. That's the good feeling that comes from it. Anybody that has ever had a battle with depression, if you will be sincerely honest, I mean really check your heart and soul about what I'm about to say, you know it's the truth. There is some kind of self-gratification that comes with depression. There is some kind of pleasure some kind of sick, twisted, dark pleasure. Everybody understand? Uh, if it was all bad, like what you think, like what you'd say with your mouth, you hurry up and jump out of it. You wouldn't be fighting. Think on these things. <laughs> For people to stay there. They have to get some, they flesh have to be getting something out of it. Everybody see? All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. It says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Everybody see that? They will not endure it. Everybody knows sound doctrine is. That's just every day what we can see in this Bible. It's sound. If the, you know, you can ask the whole world, does, does the Bible say that a, for wives to submit to their hus own husbands as unto the Lord? Yeah, I read it in there. That's sound doctrine. But what does them not enduring it means? But that's not the day and age we live in. Or, yeah, I see it and I believe that, but what does submit mean? What does it really mean? Did you look up the Hebrew word for that? Did you look up the Greek? See, you have to understand the context. Yeah, I understand. You whack. And I'm not going to continue on in this conversation so you can make me crazy like you. Everybody understand? <laughs> God meant what he meant. Wives, submit unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Everybody understand? Well, that don't mean, you know, he ain't supposed to be a dictator. He ain't supposed to, I don't care what other words you try to throw in the mix. I know what this word says, Submit. 
Now, if him telling you to get up and get him some coffee is him being a dictator, that's something you're going to have to work out with God. <laughs> Everybody understand? <laughs> People just all over the place. How many of you understand that? You think you got that little roach pinned down and then he wiggling from under your finger. What does that really mean? See, you, see we, we live today. They were living back then. And those words back then, they meant something else. Okay, sir. <laughs> so what happens? Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts. Everybody see that? So when the Bible tells the husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. What does that look like when somebody don't endure sound doctrine? Well, Brother Bowden, if my wife ain't lovable, how can I love her? Well, if God loved you before you were even born, do you find a way? Everybody understand? Well, she won't even receive my love. So let's say, for instance, that's, let's, let's try to paint a picture of love. If love is buying her flowers every day, and we're just painting a picture. The Bible tells you to buy her flowers every day, if that's what love looked like. Now, we're just using this as an example. Everybody understand? Your job is to buy her flowers every day. You're not responsible for her flushing them down the toilet. If God told you you buy that woman flowers every day, you don't get to back out of that because she's flushing it down the toilet. You still have to buy them flowers. Everybody understand? Verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts. In other words, their own whatever issues they have going on. That's what will they do? They shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Is that teachers, is that plural? That means God have a problem with you having more than one teacher. When I was in the ninth grade and I was teaching, taking algebra class, I only had one algebra teacher. Now, it's easy when algebra is your, first, uh, your favorite subject to get bored in it because you can see stuff as it's coming. Like, okay, I'm picking it up, this up quick. So I didn't take it up on myself to go to my algebra 2, go to algebra 2, which would, I would take in two more years. Because I, I knew if I'm in this class, it's some stuff I can still learn. It doesn't matter how quick I'm picking it up. Everybody understand? Let me make this clear. God is against you having more than one teacher. That's what a heap is. Everybody understand? It's only one carpet on this floor here. And whoever, whoever built this building, they knew one carpet was enough. So who lays down one carpet and then put another on top of that? That, that defeats the purpose. 
So the reason, so everybody know what a heap is, is this. Overlapping. It's a, it's a pile. Everybody understand? And so what does this say? But after their own lust shall they heap. In other words, I'm tired of what Brother Bolin preaching because he preach on the same stuff, so I'm going to go find something different. That's a heap. Now, you know what that's going to lead to? Confusion. Because nine times out of ten, you're going to hear another preacher say something contrary to what I say. But if what they're saying is appealing to that fleshly lust that you have, then Brother Bolton is going to be the one that's wrong. That's the reason why God don't send us two and three preachers. One is enough. Oh, everybody understand? To me, you get enough word here, you ain't got to go and find another preacher to listen to. Obey what you're hearing here. You, you be doing really good if you can follow this. You ain't got to go find something else to do. Everybody understand? So it tells us why they heat, because what? They have itching ears. They want to hear something that they're not hearing already. Why? Because they have not humbled themselves as little children. Sometimes people make the mistake they get ahead of God. When I was in algebra class, my, one of my favorite subjects, I didn't turn ahead because I knew, you know, I said, okay, I see where you're going, so I'm going to turn ahead. I'm going to be in chapter 10 while these other idiots are still in chapter 2. That's a high mind. I'm an idiot too. Everybody understand? And I'm going to go along with the class. And what I did now, it was easy for me to get bored in it because it only took me a day to pick up every lesson. And like, right when she was saying it, I understood what she was saying or what he was saying. So you know what I did? When my teacher caught on that it was me and another fellow named Maurice, when he caught on that we were picking up this subject, this, these, these lessons real quick, you know what he did? Go help your fellow students. So that's what we did. We went around explaining it to people who might not have caught on as quickly. And we didn't look down on them because they weren't catching on as fast. Now, part of the reason why they might not have been catching on was because that wasn't their favorite subject. And we weren't down on them because it wasn't. We're here to help. We weren't trying to outrun them. Well, I'm in chapter 10. What, what, what are you on, stupid? No, I'm on chapter 2 with you. And because I'm still a child, I'm going to help you. Everybody understand? I'm going to try to show you how, how, why I'm able to pick this up as quick. Some of them still never really got there. They learned it. But because they didn't really love the subject, it was a struggle for them. Well, you know, that was a natural life and that was a natural walk. Everybody understand? So what does God want us to do when we're picking up? And when we're talking about picking it up, we're not talking about head knowledge. We're talking about knowing it and living it. 
Well, let me help you out. Let me help. That's the way we're supposed to live. That's what we're supposed to do. Everybody understand? But if we have an itch in ears, we get bored with this, I'm going to go find some other preachers that's talking about some other stuff that's going to appeal to my flesh and my lust for attention and for glory. But what did we read in the, in the 18th chapter of the book of Matthew? That little child, just unassuming, the Lord called him unto himself and then sit him in the middle of people and said, except you become converted and become as this little boy right here. He didn't, everybody understand? When the Lord called him, he wasn't assuming. In other words, he didn't walk just to the middle of the crowd like he knew what the Lord was about to do or say. The Lord called me to him, I'm coming to him. And then the Lord said, okay, now that you're here, now I can set you there. Some of us, when the Lord called us, we just automatically go in there. You know, this Bible tells us that. When you go sit among people, you sit low. It's better for you to be axed up than to be axed down. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Everybody understand? There are even times when I've been called to preach in people's churches. I didn't just automatically walk up to their pulpit. You'll see some of those old videos. I'm preaching beneath the podium on ground level. Everybody understand? If you saw me preaching up in somebody's pulpit, it was because I was asked to come up there. Verse 4 and they shall turn away their ears from what? The truth and shall be turned unto what? You know, we're not supposed to be called Christian anymore. That, that's, that was pagan. They didn't know what they were talking about. Fables. You know, we don't, his name ain't Jesus. It's Yahushua. That's a demonic name, Jesus. If you study that, you'll see. How I many of you have heard that foolishness? You'd be turned unto fables. Why? Because we're not teachable. And it's just a never-ending thing that people go down. And you know what bothers me? I see people going down this road. I mean, people that I know personally. I see them going down this road and if you hear them talk and they talk, you think they really know the Bible. But I'm going to tell you this. I know that if we're not humble as a little child, in other words, and, and we, if we can't be taught by a man, then I know there's no way in the world God is holding private lessons with you. The Bible says that God resists the proud. And if I'm too proud to learn from a man who is called by God, then there is no way in the world God is doing Bible study with me after class. If I go to my ninth grade class 
and say, ah, this is boring. I already heard all of this. I already, I'm catching on too quick. I need something more challenging. I can't go to the office or to my counselor and say, look, you've made a mistake putting me in this class. Now, I'm way above these little peon students y'all got. Now, you just hire a teacher to come teach me privately. And you're going to do it on my own time. And you're going to pay for it. Are they going to go for that? You're going to sit your high-minded self in that classroom with everybody else. Either that or just fail the grade. Everybody understand? So you see what I mean now? God doesn't give private lessons. This is the lesson today. And if I'm too proud to hear preaching from a man that's sent to preach, there is no way in the world God is going to send his Holy Spirit to teach me. No way. I have to receive the love of the truth from a man. I have to receive that truth from a man. Everybody understand? When Philip came across that Ethiopian and asked him, do you, 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 you know what you're reading there? He said, how can I except some man guide me? No way, I'm telling you, you ain't got a Bible to stand on. You think you're going to stay at home and just have your own little personal Bible study and God's going to reveal stuff to you. No way in this world when you're too proud to receive from a man. And I hear people, in, even in that conversation, well, child, God showed me this. And, no, God ain't showed you nothing. He showed you a delusional spirit. And you're going to take that to hell. Because the God I serve, the God of this Bible, he resists the proud. He don't teach them. He resists them. And that's what we have to ask ourselves. Am I teachable? Or do I think I'm going to sit at home and open up my Bible and God is just going to pour all this revelation in me? I can tell you this. I, I don't dispute for one minute you getting some kind of revelation. But I can tell you when you're too proud to receive from a man, I can tell you what the revelation is. It's a delusional spirit. That's all day long. Everybody understand? God's word does not change. The Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? No way. Everybody see that? Now, I'm not saying this to put people down. This isn't being preached to make people think, well, preachers are better than anybody else. But we can't go against what God, the order that God have chose. Preachers don't preach to people because they're better to them. It's just their calling. It ain't got nothing to do with how good they are or how far along they are and how far above people they are. We were called from the foundation of the world to do what we're doing. That's just all. Everybody understand? It ain't got, it ain't got nothing to do with nothing, just like I didn't have anything to do with being a male. That was decided before I ever got here. Everybody understand? So it don't mean preachers are better than anybody. But we can't, but we can't. But see, this is the problem that people have. 
And we can't reject God's order because we have an issue with order. Everybody understand? It's not God's will. So my prayers will really examine ourselves and ask ourselves, Lord, am I teachable? And if we decide that we're not, we need to get to that place so we can get somewhere in God. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that you've spoke to us today. Thank you, Lord, for making it plain to us and for helping us to have a better understanding of what your word says, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will humble us to be able to receive your word from those who you've sent. <clears throat> Lord, we pray that you will give us ways to humble ourselves. <clears throat> if there's any pride on the inside of us, Lord, we ask that you will reveal it. Any hidden things in our hearts that's not like you, Lord, we ask that you will reveal it. Help us, Lord, to live for you with our whole hearts. Help us, Lord, to examine ourselves according to your word so that we can get closer to you. Help us to become as little children, Lord, so that we can inherit the kingdom of heaven. And we'll give you the glory and the honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. That's all now. We'll be dismissed, and we'll meet up here in a few to uh, discuss what we've heard today. All right, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.